Welcome back for episode 19 of Self-Signed Artist. On this podcast, we're all for doing it yourself, but being an independent artist doesn't mean going it alone. Today, we're gonna help you build your team. You're listening to Self-Signed Artist, the podcast that helps independent musicians run their brand like a business. Now, your hosts, Kobe Nelson and Jake Mannix. How's it going, everybody? I'm Kobe Nelson, and I'm here with my co-host, my teammate, Jake Mannix. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going, Jake? Team on three. Represent. (laughs) (laughs) It's going good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm actually excited to talk to you about the topic this week because... I admire the the team that you've kind of put together for yourself, whether that was an intentional thing or just something that kind of came about from your community and your group of friends and everything. And we can talk about that too, if that's the case. And I don't even know if you really consider them, everybody in your community, a team, but you have this community around you that I think is, is really beneficial. So how would you kind of like categorize that? Would you consider it a, a team overall or is it just kind of like a group of friends? It's, I wouldn't say it's a team. I would say it's more of like a community if we're speaking generally about like all the people that I'm surrounded by. And I laugh about it all the time with them. Like I say all the time, like, isn't it so funny how, how extremely talented all of our friends are Mm. at like, at like one specific thing, like Vinny's super good at graphic design. Someone's really good at something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, everybody has a kind of role that they play in the community. Exactly. So it's not, you're saying like it's not a formal, like somebody's on your team or you're on somebody's team. It's just kind of a general, a general community. Right. And it, and like it's not even exclusive. It's like we don't even always work together all the time. We mm. work with other people outside of the group or outside of the community or whatever, also. Yeah. So maybe we'll get into like some details of that sort of stuff. Like what makes, what makes a team, what makes a good team, how to choose the right people for your team if you're doing that, or if it, if there are ways that you can kind of set yourself up for that to just sort of fall into place naturally. But first I want to talk about why this is important in the first place. So In the past, in some episodes, we've mentioned building a team in passing. Like we talked about collaboration on episode 12 with Brandon, who I would say is part of that, part of your community, part of that sort of team. Yeah. But I think the overall message of this podcast may sometimes make it seem like having a team isn't all that important. You know what I mean? Like, like we talk so much about doing things yourself for the things that you have to take care of. And, and like even in the little intro that we have, like with the, the crazy movie trailer voiceover guy <laughs> talking about how this podcast is for independent artists, like we emphasize that part, independent musicians. So I think a lot of the times in this genre of like educational content for musicians, like this sort of podcast world that this podcast lives in, we focus a lot on that word independent like you don't you don't need a a record deal put your music out there on your own and in doing that we take all of these things that a record label would do for you 
and we kind of put them on you. Like we make them your responsibility as the artist. And I think that can be kind of overwhelming for a lot of people. Like for for you in your own artist career, is that something that you you think about? Like there are so many potential jobs or roles that you kind of have to fill if you're like doing this independently. Yeah. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately because as you know, I try to do pretty much everything myself Yeah, for one reason or another. But during this season of my life, I'm changing my mind. And for the stuff that I'm going to be releasing coming up, I want to do it differently. And I want to work with, I want to work with other people and delegate other jobs to people who are better at doing them than me, rather than me just doing it how I know how and making it kind of cool. And like, you know, just letting someone else do it. Yeah. Cause I think, I mean, even like if, if you're a listener out there listening to this podcast, it's so easy to, to not (laughs) allow that to happen, to try and take care of everything yourself, especially because everybody's kind of telling you, you should be actively, you know, promoting your music. You should be building new income streams and booking more shows for yourself. And, you know, don't forget about engaging on social media and, all this stuff like there's just a lot of stuff and that's kind of what the diy movement that's been going on for a little while it's all built on that like do it yourself diy has been like a buzzword for the past 10 years or more (laughs) in the music business and i think there's some truth to all of that like you need to take control of your brand and treat it like a business that that part of the message is good and true but None of that means that you can't have help from other people. And in fact, if you don't have help from anybody, you're never going to get past the very beginning stages of of building your career ultimately, because like eventually, if you're successful and growing at all, you know, you're going to you're going to run into a time where it's too much to handle on your own and you're going to start letting things drop off. I think that's where a lot of people get a little bit discouraged, like it feels like too much it's overwhelming to handle all this stuff and that's when people either sort of like taper off in their music career or i don't know even just like straight up stop and be like this is this isn't fun anymore so like if you're thinking about all of the potential roles that there are to fill there's i mean there's the creative side which is a huge part of it so there's writing producing recording mixing mastering like the stuff that we talked about the other week with studio mistakes and all the stuff that you should budget for. And then on top of that, still in the creative side of things, you've got, you know, photography, videography for music videos or tour videos or whatever, graphic design. And and all of that is just, those are just roles that you have to fill to create your product, you know, to put something out. And then... After that, you have to be the manager, the business manager, the accountant, booking agent, tour manager, lawyer, publisher. You've got to handle your promotion, your distribution, your merch, and like sales. You have to be a salesperson for your brand. And it's just so, so much. There are a ton of potential roles to fill or potential team members to bring on. So for that reason, I don't really want to take the time today to talk about each and every one of those specific jobs that we just kind of listed off, rattled off, because at the end of the day, honestly, I don't think those details are all that important 
to kind of cover generally. And it's too much to cover in one podcast episode anyway. One thing that I would say, though, about that, if you if you want to know those specifics, and maybe we'll do more episodes on that, but for now, for all that info, I would refer you to a really great book that's out there called All You Need to Know About the Music Business. It's by uh, this guy, Donald Passman, who is or was, I'm not sure if he's still practicing, an entertainment attorney. And it's a really good book. I learned, I, I picked up a whole bunch from that book and I'm, I'm reading it again right now because there's a new edition of it. So if you do pick it up, make sure you get the latest edition of the book. I think it's edition 10 right now because it gets updated fairly regularly to stay relevant with what's going on in like the music business world. Jake, I know you're not much of a book guy. That's not like your main thing, but have, <laughs> have you heard of that book? Or read it. <laughs> I cannot say that I have. Honestly, like it's it's one of the things those things that like when I first heard of it, the title made me hesitate a little bit because it sounds like super salesy or like it's promising too much. You know, like all you need to know about the music business. But it's actually a really good resource. So I don't know. I'm listening to it on Audible right now. Do you listen to have you gotten into Audible at all? No, and shout out to our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not not a sponsor, Audible. No. But if you um, want to. <laughs> No, I haven't. And I only listen to, to music and podcasts. And you know what kind of podcasts I listen to, Kobe? What? Five star ones, just like this. And you know what you should do, listener? You should go ahead and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So anyway, rather than dive into the weeds, which you can do in that book, I want to focus our efforts today on three main interconnected things, three ideas, helping you figure out what roles you need to fill on your team, deciding when it's time to bring somebody else into the picture, and how to choose the best people for the job, no matter what job it is. I would say the job itself doesn't really matter. So we'll we'll get there eventually. Let's start with where I think most people go first. Like Jake, for you, when you hear of the idea of hiring somebody for your team. What's the mm -hmm. first role that pops into your head? Uh, probably manager. Manager, yeah. I, I think I think most people probably think the same thing. And, and for some reason, everybody thinks that they need to hire a manager first. Like that's the, the first step. I, I mean, you can tell me if this is kind of how you think of it too, but I think a lot of people think a manager is going to help them make all the connections that they need to make, you know, help them run their business, help them get gigs, get them sessions with the best producers in the best studios. And the, the assumption is that you can hire a manager and then sort of like sit back and just think about making and performing your music. And you, you can kind of tune out all the business stuff. Is that like, if, if you were looking to hire somebody, would that be the reason you would go for a manager? Would you say? Yeah, I would just want them to take some of the the workload that isn't related to the creating. Hmm. And like you mentioned earlier, if you're thinking about sort of like offloading some responsibilities to somebody else, like bringing somebody onto a team, yeah, is that is that where you went first for a manager? Yeah, in your mind, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I here's here's my thing with the the manager first approach. And I'm sure there are going to be people out there who are going to have different opinions about this. But I think that the issue with hiring manager first is that in order that for them to be effective, 
they need to have something already there to really manage. So say, for example, if, if somebody's just starting out, they have no fan following yet, no connections in the industry, no collaborators yet, no venue relationships, nothing. Like, I think that's a really big ask for a manager. You're asking them to kind of make you as an artist. And I think most people are going to be disappointed with the results if that's what their expectation is of somebody that they're hiring for their team. Does that make sense to you? Like, do, would you disagree with that? Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't expect them to put in that sort of work for you, you know, taking you to the to the next level. Right. Yeah. It, that's kind of the thing. There has to be a, a starting level that you've created, I would mm. say. So I would argue that a manager is one of the last things that you need actually on your team. That's a role that you need to fill when you already have assembled a team around yourself. And now what's happening is keeping up with everything is becoming too much for you. You know, like writing music, performing, making records, and connecting with fans. If you no longer have time to do those things because you're so busy answering calls and emails from industry people and show promoters and producers and blah, 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 blah. Like everybody's competing for your time and it's taking time away from you and your art. That I think is when you need a manager. So for you, Jake, like if that's the feeling that you're getting, like maybe that's the perfect time and the perfect role to to have somebody fill yeah i mean it is like how do i go about finding one is that you know what i mean how do i go about okay so i feel like okay now i need a manager because i can't just be like yo manage me yeah manage me (laughs) random friend you know what i mean right well i think i think we'll get to that later on in in the podcast today because i think there are a couple things that you can use to find the right person or to decide whether somebody is right for a job. So before we get to that, I think there are also two other issues with hiring a manager too early that you kind of want to make sure that you avoid. And again, we're going to come back to this argument from another angle later on too, I think. But first off, the first issue is that it might be hard to find a good manager to begin with when you're starting out, kind of like what you were just saying. The reason being managers usually get paid a percentage of the money that you make, of the the money that you bring in. So if you aren't making any money through your business, through your music, through shows that you're doing and stuff like that, there's really no incentive for a manager or for a good manager to jump on board. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if, if somebody's unproven, that's a bit of a gamble, especially for an established manager who has some experience. I... I I do think there are workarounds if you really want a manager, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about later, finding the right person. But in general, I think it may be hard to find somebody for the job. And then second, if you hire a manager too early when you're too small, assuming that you've made it past the the step before and they've agreed to work with you, chances are you're going to be a low priority for them and for their time. And this is especially true if they're more experienced and established because if that's the case, they probably also manage other artists as well. That's a, a thing where people, a manager will work for multiple artists. So if that's the case, they're going to put the artist who makes them the most money ahead of you every single time. And that's that's bad. You don't want that. And those those two reasons, I think, might actually make it 
detrimental to hire a manager if you're not ready for it yet. You then have somebody on your team who you need to pay a percentage. Maybe that's a small pool of money to begin with if you're just starting out. And and that person you're paying isn't even really hustling all that hard to advance your career because they aren't seeing enough of a reward for hustling on your behalf. It's kind of like a catch-22. So so you, you might argue that a manager that isn't hustling on your behalf is a bad manager, but at the same time, it's it's really just sort of human nature. Like that's that's kind of capitalism in a sense. <laughs> like if it, they're, they're going to be working hardest for what gets them the biggest reward. So, I mean, that kind of raises the question, like who, who do you need first then uh, on your team? If it's not a manager, who should you bring onto your team first as you're trying to build this? And my answer to you on that would be, I don't know. Who do you need first then? You know what I mean? Like you have to look at your business and assess your work and your effort and your time. Like what are you spending a bunch of time on that could be better used for something else? Like for yourself, Jake, do you have an answer for that? Like what takes all the time away from the stuff that you really want to be doing? For me personally, it would be, yeah, like one thing that I would absolutely love to give to someone else to do is something like editing or tuning vocals. That is my absolute least favorite thing to do ever. Quantizing drums, nah. (laughs) Tuning vocals, no thank you. And that's something that takes a lot of time. Yeah, man, so much time. So, so, so like as an artist, maybe that's something different. So like maybe if, if you're not doing the studio thing, maybe you're, maybe you're spending a ton of time filling orders for merch, you know, like you have to keep track of payments coming in. You got to keep track of the inventory, make sure everything's stocked, that you're not like selling things that you're sold out of. That would involve maybe like managing the website that you're selling things on. And then you've got to do all the actual like order stuff, like pull inventory when something's ordered, box it up, walk it down to the local UPS location, you know? (laughs) And and then you're also dealing with waiting for shipments coming in of stuff that you've ordered to refill the stock. You know, like those are all things that take a lot of time, cause you a lot of stress. Like maybe the, you're emailing the manufacturer because they aren't sending you all the stuff that you've had to call five times a day and everything's going nuts. So like, those are all things that, if you could, you you could offload this those to somebody else. Is that really a good use of your time as an artist to be doing all of that merch stuff, filling all those orders? I don't know. Probably not in the grand scheme of things. So that could be a good place to start. You just kind of have to find that pain point in your business and figure out a way that you can delegate that task. It could be a part-time gig for somebody that ends up paying for itself, you know, like you're paying them a small amount of money to do this part-time gig, but that could result in more sales and less headache for you and more time to actually work on the stuff that you really care about, like your art. So I don't know. I think there, there are a ton of examples of things like that. And it really depends on where you are in your career, what you have going on in your business and everything like that. So how do you actually find those things for yourself? I've done this for myself in my mixing business, and I think it's a good exercise for everybody to do in their artist business as well. Just sit down and write down every single task that you do for your brand. 
every single thing, small things, big things, things that are like just barely related to your brand, write it down. Go through that list and organize it by how much time you spend on each one of those things afterwards. And then take the same list, make a copy of it and organize it again by how important it is that you personally handle each one of those tasks. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, you have you have two lists now that you can compare and you just kind of go across the line. Look at it and see see what are the things that take you the most time to actually do that are the least important for you to personally handle. There's your task that should be delegated to somebody else. That's what you should not be using your time for. So whether you have to hire somebody to do that for you or even better, if you can, find somebody who's willing to volunteer their time to do that task. I mean, I think that's the way to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you can find that pain point, that's that's how you figure out what roles to start with first and also when it's necessary to bring somebody in for that job. Like you can do that at multiple points during your career anytime things are starting to get overwhelming. And that's that's when you should be doing this, when things start to feel like too much. I would say keep in mind too that when we're talking about your team or bringing somebody on to your team, we aren't necessarily talking only about people that you would like hire for a job either. I would say, Jake, like you're a good example of this too in like the community uh, that we always talk about. That team can and probably should start more informally than just like straight up hiring somebody, like helping out friends in other bands or other artists. And I'm, I'm maybe you would disagree, but would you say that's how most of your like community and team is put together, Jake? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't know. Well, yeah, for the for the most part, yeah. Like we've talked about that in the collaboration episode. You have people who are all just helping out each other. Your creative collaborators. You also promote each other really well. So if somebody puts something out, everybody gives a shout out. Anytime that somebody in the community is putting out music, like I see that all the time, everybody's sharing it, talking about it, supporting it. Yeah. That's an essential part of a team, I think. And it's sort of informal and it's something that nobody in that community is paying for, but I would still consider that part of a a team. And you can't really pay for that anyways. Like, you know, you're not going to hire a bunch of people to like share your music on Instagram or something. If you, if you do that, you're going to go broke real quick to have it have any like big effect to just pay for every single social media share. So, so for the listeners out there, I would say start unofficial, ask your friends and family for help and support. Most of your friends and family are going to be willing to help you on, on small things and ask fans for help and support. Like we talked to Sawyer Auger about that last week. His fans would do anything to help him out. They're his record label. He like he calls them his record label. So your fans can be part of your team too. And they'll likely volunteer to do it if you've if you built that relationship up well. So that kind of then begs the second part of the question. No matter what the job or role is on your team, how do you choose the right person for it if you are the one who has to choose? And here's where we can kind of bust some misconceptions about teams that I think a lot of people have. 
this doesn't even necessarily only apply to the music business either. I would kind of argue that this goes for any business in any field. I think that there are five main qualities to look for in somebody for your team if you're going to intentionally bring somebody on to fill a role on a team. Let's go through those five things and, and just talk about how, how to go about looking for those people or why they're important. For number one, quality number one to look for in somebody that you're going to bring onto your team, they better like your music and believe in what you're doing. I think that's extremely important. Would you agree with that, Jake? Like that's, yeah. to me, that's quality number one. If it does, if they don't meet that criteria, yeah. <laughs> no, no point. Use. <laughs> for that, like it doesn't matter if you're hiring a manager or I don't know a runner on tour, you know, like some, a, a low person on the totem pole or somebody with a lot of power. If they really like what you do and they believe in you, they're going to be a thousand percent better at their job, whether they're experienced or not. I think if they don't give a crap about what you do, why would they give a crap about what they do for you? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's going to inject that role with motivation and intention because they, they believe in the bigger picture. And I think that's, that's hugely important. And it's why fans can be a great place to pull from for your team because they already like you and they already believe in you. So it's a good place to start. I'm trying to think of like people in relation to me who would be good, good candidates for that. And trying to think of like, like examples of people to reach out to, mm. you know what I mean? Well, I think it, you would have to take into consideration the specific role that you're asking for, too. Yeah. Because that's not to say that, like, anybody who is, like, a fan or passionate about what you do is going to be perfect for every single role. Right. Like, just because somebody likes their music doesn't mean I would hire them as a producer for myself. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, you do, you do have to take that into account. But it's these are kind of just the things to... The list of things to run through in your mind when you have somebody in mind for a position, position, I make it sound super, super business. <laughs> um, when you have somebody in mind for a role on a team, you run through these. And if they check off all the boxes, then that's kind of like the green light to bring that person on. So onto quality number two, I would say, I would say they have to share your vision. So this is slightly different than number one. Y you want people on your team who not only like what you're doing, but they also get what you're going for. They can understand your goals and see the big picture that you're talking about. They, if, if they don't do that, if they, if they can't see where you're trying to go, it doesn't matter if they're really, really dedicated and working really hard at their job because they might be pushing in a different direction than you're trying to push. So they, they might not be the right person for the job if they can't quite align themselves with whatever your vision is. So that's just something to, to keep in mind. If they don't check that box, then you might want to look for somebody else for the same role. I think it's important to work with people that entirely understand your vision and what you're going for and all of that stuff because you have to if if someone's working with you on your team you have to understand like the like the lane that this person is going down and the like environment that their music like lives in you mm -hmm. know what i mean right it, it's like you have to understand on an art level as well yeah yeah i think that's a good point on to 
quality number three for a team member. Here's one that I think gets overlooked a lot. I would say that they should have their own goals that they're personally motivated for as well. So by that, I mean, if they're personally motivated to grow in their own world, in their own career, that's going to also help you grow. If, say, they they want to be the most well-respected booking agent in the business, you know, like that's a personal goal for them. But if they have that personal goal, they're probably going to be pretty good at booking stuff for you. They're going to be a good booking agent to have on your team. Does that make sense? You don't want somebody who's like passionate about you, but they have no personal goals. Yeah, that's, to me, thinking about that, I feel like that's tough to find. It is. <laughs> that's a, all of these are, are, major qualities that are, I I don't know, not necessarily super, super common, especially not all together. And that's why building a team can sometimes be hard. (laughs) Tougher than a Brita filter. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. (laughs) It's like, because this is, it's like filtering out all the different people that are, could be candidates. It's like. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Tougher than a Brita filter. (laughs) To add one more tough thing to that. Okay. (laughs) Quality number four. They should be responsive, available, and not flaky. Mm -hmm. That's 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 bottom line, bare minimum. Yeah. If if they don't meet this quality, like I mean, it's gonna be rough. Tough to work with, man. Yeah. To give an example of that, like maybe your manager can work absolute magic in a negotiation like they are so so good at negotiating but if you can never seem to get a hold of them (laughs) when you have a negotiation that needs negotiating (laughs) when that's most important like that skill of theirs isn't going to do you any good so they have to be available they have to be somebody who's going to pick up the phone earlier i talked about like how sometimes a more established and experienced manager might not be the way to go like especially if you're just starting out This, I think, is one of the big reasons. That bigger manager probably isn't going to be available at the drop of a hat to help you out because they might have a bigger, more established artist that they need to answer to first. Like, you can't fault them for that. That's just a bad choice of a team member on your part if you you go with that person because you have to know that they're going to have these other responsibilities that they have to take care of. Like... Jake, this I would want to get your opinion on this too, because in this situation, I think it might be better to go with somebody who is a complete unknown in the industry, has zero experience managing, but they're really passionately dedicated to helping you grow. Would you agree that that's the person that you want on your side in that situation? Oh, yeah, because because if you find something that works, like a marketing strategy or, you know, something like Sawyer was talking about last week where he's like, yeah, do the the Facebook Live thing. They're going to be so down to do that no right. matter what. It's going to be a person who's willing to try things and kind of learn and grow with you. Whether that's the best manager for you long term in your career, like for forever. I don't know. You could make an argument against that, that maybe eventually you want somebody with some experience or some clout in the industry. But I think you can get a long way with somebody who is just 100% invested in you and they're not going to have to answer to anybody else. So you're not going to have that problem of them not being able to respond or not being able to come to a meeting 
or just not being able to get a hold of them in general. All right, so finally moving on to quality number five. With all else being equal, if you have two people who are exactly the same as far as the previous four qualities go, choose the person who's more connected. More connections and a stronger network. Th those things are, are valuable. I think most people, though, reach for this first when they're looking for somebody on a team. You know what I mean? I, I, like, I don't think this is the most valuable thing in a teammate, but it is valuable. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's very valuable. I mean, there's the saying, it's all about who you know, and there's some truth to that to an extent. But with that being said, someone having no connections does not disqualify them in my book. Right. This is how I would like differentiate between two people with everything else being equal. And, and I would caution mm. people against choosing somebody for their team based solely on the power of that person's network because it doesn't really matter if that person has a really great network if they aren't going to actively and aggressively connect you with the people in that network. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if they're invested in other people, if they're the a flaky person like we just mentioned before, or if they don't really believe in your music, the power of their network is great, but it's not great for you because they're not going to connect you to that network. So I, I would say people's connections are only as good as the amount that they're willing to use those connections to help you. So again, a more experienced person may have the better looking Rolodex or whatever, <laughs> but, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be a good advocate for you. So use this as a last differentiating factor, not the first thing that you use to qualify somebody on your team. Is there anything that you can think of, Jake, that would be another quality on top of those five that's important for somebody on a team? Honestly, just just motivation and and I can't think of the word. It's not discipline, but it's like being able to get the work done. Like motivation. Dedication. Yeah. Yeah. All the Asian words. <laughs> anything that you would see on a poster with people skydiving in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> in in like the the administration office yeah. at the <laughs> exactly yeah you go go find some skydiving team people that's the take home message yes find some <laughs> exactly that's the kind of people you want to be working with <laughs> i think the take home message is that it doesn't really matter what your team looks like having a team that works for you and serves the functions that you need is the most important thing. So if, it, if, if it's somebody who is going to get the job done that you need done, that's the right person for the team, for whatever role it is. And any part of your business can benefit from having a team of people surrounding it, I think. The creative parts of your business, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about collaborating. Those are the creative parts of your business or the businessy parts of the business too. Just make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are the most likely to be with you and to work hard and fight for you when needed. Would you agree? That's kind of the take home. Yeah. So tell us about your experiences with building a team. What does your team look like if you have a team or a community or something informal? 
We want to hear about those experiences in the self-signed community group on Facebook. So make sure you, you head over to Facebook and join that group. If you got something out of this episode, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and written review on Apple Podcasts. That tells the little Apple machine that this podcast is worth checking out. Uh, and also share this with your friends, your musician friends, your engineer friends, your producer friends. Because who knows, maybe one day, one of them could be part of your team. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it for this week. We'll catch you on next week's episode of Self-Signed Artist. Peace. Peace.